The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get uniquely yours ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details. If you like our show, you're going to love the official Lakers podcast on the Podcast One Sportsnet. Join Emmy-winning sportscaster Susie Schuster along with producer Aaron Larsoul this week as the all-star team that's the Lakers, faces off against the LA Clippers, the Denver Nuggets, and arch-rival Boston Celtics. Download the official Lakers podcast every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. The date, March 7th. It's the PFF forecast. We're going to talk about the Oakland Raiders, talk a little bit about the Cardinals, their Kyler Murray decision. We're going to talk about your illness. We're going to talk about the AF. My illness. For some reason. And uh, Antonio Brown... Odell Beckham and Todd Gurley. Let's rock. Yeah, your illness. Your illness is starting to get concerning for me. Um, you have a problem. You, you're a degenerate gambler. Now, you're not a degenerate gambler in the sense that most people are, where they just lose all of their money. That's not your problem. Your problem is that you, uh, it's a dependency. Like, you can't live without betting. Like, you can't enjoy things without betting on them. To the point where, multiple times, two nights ago, you texted me about James Harden because you'd bet on the Rockets. The problem was you didn't know how to spell James Harden. So. About five times I got James H-A-R-D-I-N, and that's just a sign. It was a a sign to me that you're a sick man. It's a pretty easy explanation. My best friend, one of my best friends in grad school, is the best man at his wedding. His name is... You have a PhD. Jason Harden. It's spelled the right way. There was a building at the University of Nebraska where I went to school that was called Harden Hall, spelled correctly. James Harden is the problem, not me. The first... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Obvious step is denial. Uh, you bet on the combine. You still bet on the AF. In fact, we are having trouble starting the podcast because you were having an out-of-body experience that the uh, AAF lines had not been posted yet. I mean, the a look, look. The best cure to being upset about the lack of efficiency in football is to bet unders to watch the AAF. I don't. I don't disagree with you. Um, in all fairness, though, if you are like Eric, and you enjoy betting on the AAF, you and Ben Brown have managed to convince yourselves that it's worth spending time on. It's a worthy cause that you guys have done a great job on, and you're, you have been maniacally successful on the AAF doing what? Can you explain the strategy to people? Uh, it's not that hard. You just I, I know it's not that bet, hard, but we need to know what it is. You bet underdogs first. and unders in that so far, because there's no reason in a, in a league that has three, four now weeks of data that any team should be favored by 15 points yeah. like the Arizona Hotshots were against Atlanta. Atlanta, by the way, 
offensive coordinated for the first time last week by our friend Ken Zampezi. Friend uh, did pretty well. They won. That they won outright, yeah. So like, there's no reason like, uh, and I don't care if it's first half, second half. Dogs and unders, man. Dogs and unders. There you have it. I might even do that this weekend. I I might watch some games this weekend because I was really looking forward to Tiger playing at Bay Hill. Uh, gets me ready for the Masters, prepares my body, and he's got a sore neck, so he's out. So now I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to watch the AF. Have, have we discussed the other thing which has shown, uh, maybe not your degeneracy so much as my degeneracy so much as Neil Hornsby's, which is our competition in the weight room tomorrow? Yeah, Neil has talked about this. He has spent equal amounts of time over this week talking about this bet and working, uh, from what I can tell. Yeah. Neil is Neil is a very hard worker in many facets of life, and one of them is his training, as he calls it. Some people call it working out. I say I'm going to work out. He's training, yeah, which is interesting, um, to say the least. Uh, but because of this, because of his interest in training, we now have this bet. So why don't you tell us what the bet is? Yeah. So at the Combine on Thursday night, uh, we were... I, I think we were all taking turns making fun of each other. and That's uh, what you do. And it came up that I am relatively strong at some lifts. And uh, so the question was, is how strong? And so the bet is that I cannot do a military press of 225 pounds once. Yep. So you've never done this? I've never done this. Even... To clarify for anyone that's out I've there. I've never done military press. It was always push press when I was playing. Okay, so I'm going to explain the, the difference here. So push press, you're allowed to bend your knees. So you're holding a barbell. You have the weight, obviously, on the barbell. And it's at your shoulders. A push press is where you bend your knees and then use the extension of your knees to actually help you get the bar off and raise it over your head. Yeah. A military press or a strict press, you can't bend your knees. The difference between the two is massive because your legs are surprisingly strong. So it is a much harder, uh, much harder lift, obviously. 225 is quite a bit of weight. You, it's a little below your body weight. not going to tell people what your body weight is because I know it's a sensitive subject for many. Um, but would be impressive nonetheless. Um, what do you, what's your confidence level at right now? You have to do this on Friday. Tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow. Uh, well, I'm feeling good physically. I'm like, you know, not sick like anybody else at the I mean, office here. Yeah, looks can be deceiving apparently. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm feeling good. Um, I would say, given what, what we did at the weight room yesterday, I'd put my, weight room now. Ch- my, my chances at about 40%. Oh, that's higher than they probably should be. But, uh, yeah, I'm here for it. So, if, uh, if you are able to get 225 overhead, uh, you and Neil win. If not, then I win. So, uh, hopefully... And if I lo- if yeah if you win I have to wear a white. Uh, 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 don't let the people be excited. Okay, fine. If you don't manage to uh, strict press two twenty five, next year's podcast is going to be a much must watch. Believe me, believe me, you're going to want to watch it. Um, so if you really want to know how what happens, obviously ask Eric to put it on Periscope, and I'm sure we can find a way to do that. Let's move on to some of the news that has come out of the Combine. We got back from the Combine last week. It is a fun time, despite being in Indianapolis in the middle of winter. My prediction is that we move it to Phoenix. That's where I think we should move it. Um, what about like like Nashville? Nashville's freezing this time of year. I mean, not more than Indianapolis is. 
the point is not to go linearly. It's to actually improve the situation. The idea that you would choose to go to a place that's cold is mind-blowingly stupid. Indy, though, has the components you want other than that. So it's small enough that you don't have to deal with a ton of people. Mm-hmm. It has places that you can go. and, and The stadium's coaches, indoors. Coaches can just feel, you know, they can enjoy themselves. Um, so if you go to Phoenix, it's warmer. You have that great facility there that you can do things at. It's not a huge place, but it's big enough. Um, Phoenix gets my vote. I would say San Diego, but... I don't know that they'll do that now that there's no team there. And there's no sta- indoor stadium. Right. That's the issue. Well, Nashville doesn't have that either. That's so true. That would be a problem. Minneapolis. Get worse, otherwise. Jesus. Uh, things from the Combine. So here's my big takeaway from the Combine. I want to know what you think about it. My big takeaway is that the Combine is an overblown waste of time from a player evaluation perspective. Your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I mean, we've we, you, if you read our articles last year pre-draft, we know that you know things like pro football focus grades are you know more predictive for many positions than you know these athletic tests and things like that um not just like more but like like, many many orders of magnitude yeah and and so like obviously how a player plays that being said like to get into the combine you have to have played you know like there's a lot of interconnectedness um i think if like we obviously are not directly measuring things like you know how a guy interviews and all that kind of stuff but i I, I question how effective a 15 minute interview would be in a in a sort of like rapid speed dating you know mechanism like the combine would be so like I think like they're scratching the surface on a lot of things that I think will be useful but as a whole I think it could be I think it's as you said overblown from the perspective of like all this information is being gathered and being used in, in and all of that information is a first order variable in terms of evaluating a player and how he's going to do at the NFL level. The speed dating component is an interesting way to think of it, right? So say you're on a first date with someone or you're talking to someone for the first time and like 15 minutes can be very can be super misleading, right? Well, you but can come away from that and be like, "Oh, this person's great," and they turn out to. And this might be more suck. like, but like the combine is more like you stalk this person on Facebook for four years and then you bed date with them for fifteen minutes. Yes. Like that's True. like what it would be like. Yeah, I, I just think it's a, if you the only thing that would raise questions for me is someone that all of a sudden is an athletic freak who didn't actually perform yeah. that well in college. Like if your athleticism isn't showing up on a field against players that aren't as good as NFL players, then why do I care? I, yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. I love the athletic feet perspective. I think it's super fun to watch, but it's not like people overblow it. They, the combine is probably worth two to 5% in the overall valuation of a player. And it gets treated probably close to 50, maybe even more for and, certain players. But let's assume you're right. Two to two and a half to 5% in a league with a salary cap, in a league where you have 16 games and all that kind of stuff, like that could make a difference. Like, sure. so, so we're not sitting here saying it's worthless. We're, what we're saying is that, is that the way in which it's spun, the way in which it's, you know, and, and honestly, like we're all for the league, you know, growing and that, that helps us, right? And, and makes everything more compelling. But we just want to be able to temper expectations because we do think like 25 to 5% is worth it's, a lot in the NFL. Sure. But... It's yeah. Don't couch it as being the be all end all. Like this, this guy, this guy's career is made by the minimum of two numbers. Look, you run forty straight yards as fast as you can all the time in the NFL. So, um, guys that are 
likely to skyrocket because of this, DK Metcalf, who we're going to talk about the Raiders here in a second. This just feels like a guy that's going to end up on the Raiders. Uh, Montez Sweat, who also was incredibly fast. The funny thing about Metcalf is you have two camps. You have the, oh my God, he was so fast in the 40 camp, and then you have the, oh my God, he was slower than Tom Brady in the three-cone camp. And so they just come together and have this beautiful, uh, angry sex on Twitter that I really enjoy. Montez Sweat, people seem to be unified that he's now jumped into the top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, what I take away from this, if I'm a team drafting, is this simple. I, I can take advantage of the inefficiency of many teams. So when I trade down now, I have the added benefit of a player who did not wow at the combine, at DeAndre Baker, for example, that I might have thought about taking at, say, 10, who now I can get at 20. Right? Yeah. I think of Derwin James, who... That, that doesn't really apply to because he's an athletic freak. But um, the inefficiency of people over-selecting for the combine makes your trading down more valuable. I, I don't really want to talk about the Kyler Murray stuff because it's absolutely ridiculous. But um, when you saw that he was over 5'10", 6 to midnight? Yeah, I mean, I can't wait for that next that throw that's going to be the difference between being 5'10", and 5'10", and two, you know, one-eighth or whatever. So... Um, I mean, honestly, like the 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 height and weight stuff is going to be, it's going to only confirm what a person already believes, right? Yep. So if you wanted to if you wanted to draft Kyler, what it does is it gives you an out and say, well, he's not too short. And if you thought he was too short, then you're going to make fun of the fact that we all cared about that extra eighth of an inch, right? So, right. That's kind of the that's kind of where I'm where I'm sitting here. Um, but I, I think it's encouraging for him if you. If you want to look at our, our YouTube video, uh, I think it's already up to like 8,000 views, uh, where George, myself, and Steve Palazzolo uh, talk about Murray. And, Step and, into the front office with us. Yeah, and, and uh, what the Cardinals should do. Uh, some, pretty, pr- some pretty good uh, feedback on it already. Um, somebody said that this was a cool format. Would love to see more for different situations. Ooh, I like this one better. God damn, you guys are mentally retarded. That one is pretty good. My, well, and then there's of course frame it. there's of course the Nick Bosa easy. As it's in easy. What the Cardinals should do. It's easy for I believe that guy spells his name Kev Space In. So yeah, that's oh. a that's, that's sounds like great. a pronouncement more than a name. Kev In, <laughs> hey baby, <laughs> Kev In. I mean, it's easy for him. So. I don't know why you need to listen to us. Just go find that guy's comment, click on his name, and follow everything that he has to say. The Josh Rosen side of things, the Redskins appear interested. We talk about that in the video as well. So if you want to know more on that, go check out the video. The other couple pieces of news, Antonio Brown, Titans, Redskins, and Raiders, rumored to be in the mix. The team that's not, that hasn't come up as much are the Packers, which is where I kind of want to see him going. Here's the, inter- the way I want to ask this question to you, though, is, a lot of people thinking that it's going to be hard for them to get a number one pick. So, say the only two teams that offer a number one pick are the Browns and the Patriots. Where, where are they? Are they saying nope? We're taking the second round pick. Or are they taking the first? I'd round rather pick? trade it uh, if I'm am I Pittsburgh. This might be a hot take, but I'd rather trade him to the Patriots and the Browns. Okay, so you would trade him to the Patriots for a first round pick if they were the only team offering you the first round pick. Well, it it actually depends upon. The, se- the, the Raiders the, offer you a second or something. Yeah, 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 because the first round pick is thirty two, which is no different really, other than the first, the fifth year option. Then like the Raiders offer you, th- you know, whatever thirty five or something. Yeah. So, 
But I, but but if it were what if what if I would rather Redskins giving you their second round pick. I would Which take. I assume they still. Have. I would take that over, over, like ten spots over what whatever the you know the or fifteen spots over whatever the Patriots have. But I would not trade him to Cleveland. I mean, you're you're you are you're I'm with you there. Stranglehold on the AFC North, which you already gave up this year by allowing Baltimore to win the division. Yep. Your stranglehold is over if you give him to uh, the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, Niners. Uh, I think are still in the mix. You know, rumor wise. That that would be great. I don't think they need him as much as no. some other teams do. Given well, and the Niners are not really out of the gate yet, right? Like they're. You, I would say if you're if the Niners had had gone like eight and eight or nine and seven this year, and they were like you, you would start to see the Seahawks falter a little bit, and you start to see the Rams True. not as brilliant. I think that, but like to me, this is the year for the Niners to go ten and six and say, hey, we're here. You know, much like the Rams did in like 2017, just say, hey, we're a team to be reckoned with, and then. You know, next year if Odell is still with the Giants, go after him or something like that. Like I think that's really you know the Niners are in a position where it's time to load up on defense, see, make sure Jimmy is healthy and play well. Just need a pass rush. God help me, please trade down San Francisco. Um, is it good to allow a 123 passer rating to wide receivers? No, 27 touchdowns, two interceptions. Is that good? Well, you can find corners. Nick Bosa will help that. You can find corners anywhere, George. You can only find Nick Bosa at 1-1. True. Um, okay, Odell. Uh, actually, one last thing on Antonio Brown. One word answer. Does it bother you that he is actively no. showing his offseason on Instagram? No. Correct. That is the correct answer. Everyone People, else. like, go shut, shut up, If you're man. brilliant at your job. Are you kidding you, me? Like, if, if he stung, if he was Laquan Treadwell... He he'd I'd tell him to stop, but he's, he's showing, brilliant at his job. He's showing videos of his kids going down slides, his food that he's eating, him working out, bamboozling people into giving him five hundred dollars to to do a uh, look, cameo. He's just you know lowering his value by posting stuff on Instagram. Shut up, LeBron! Literally ninety percent of LeBron's Instagrams are wine. He drinks wine on his way to the game, and people are blowing chunks over him uh passing jordan while getting on our way back ass kicked on our way back from the, the gym NBA. this morning i did uh, not realize stop so. stop i don't want i don't want to get into this <laughs> all right uh odell beckham jr if he is traded my contention is that gettleman needs to be immediately fired because he said last year they are trying to win now trading their only good player would be an admission that they are not your thoughts yeah I, well i mean it from Landon Collins to Saquon Barkley to Eli Manning to Alec Ogletree to what they're going to do this year. Don't put Alec Ogletree in that mix. <laughs> but like their entire the entire process. Does, yeah, Shermer right as a head coach like looks like a progressive guy. Looks like he's trying his best and and honestly I think got more out of that team than he probably should have. Mm-hmm. The the whole Giants don't make any sense to me honestly. I I don't get. I don't get anything that they're doing. I understand being like, hey, look, Landon Collins struggled in coverage last year. He had, his best years are behind him. He's more of a box safety, as our friend Mike Renner wrote. He's a, he could be a really good linebacker in the NFL. Sure. All this kind of stuff. That makes a ton of sense. Honestly, I think that's a super progressive take. Yep. But then you take Barkley at number two and do, the, do the, this t- kind of thing. Right. Let me make fun of the people that uh, you know, use math. Math is obviously a right. bunch of it's, – it's a lie. 
It's a like, cult. Like I have no issue in a market where there's a ton of safeties not paying through the through the ears yeah, for Lane and Collins, but it's not consistent with anything else you've done. So the Collins thing, I, I don't care about the idea that you would trade your one good player that you 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 hit on a lottery ticket, and then you're just going to give it up before ever putting him in a position with a decent quarterback. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. It's absolutely insane. Unless they get like three number ones, which I don't think they're going to yeah. get. But 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 he wouldn't know what to do with those three number ones well, anyway. So who like... Right. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, I mean, they tr- we traded, talk, for, traded we'll a draft pick for Alec Ogletree. We'll talk about the Giants Who was on a enough. second contract already. It's ridiculous. We'll talk about the Giants soon enough. Uh, the last thing, th- this was, I think at the end of last week, maybe even... Yeah. Uh, Todd Gurley has arthritis uh, in his knee. So uh, I have a friend uh, who um, does a lot of these surgeries. And uh, I don't know if he actually wants his name to be mentioned. So I'm I'm not going to mention it. Maybe he'll come on the pod at some point. But he said, he told me this, which I thought was was interesting, which is um, only the, the doc that operated on his ACL would know the extent to which he would likely get arthritis. But everyone that gets an ACL at some point develops arthritis. That's just the way it, it is. And depending on how much, I guess, they have to like, uh, how much of the femoral head is, sh- is flaking off when they go in there depends how quickly it will, it will arise. But that it's something that everyone will get. Um, and if it is that the case that it is you know, flaking off or whatever, then he could have only a few years left. Yeah. Uh, on his career, um, but if it's just basic arthritis, then he could just be able to play through it. But here's what got me: he said this is basically the same thing that ended Brandon Roy and Greg Oden's career, yeah. which uh, would terrify me quite a bit. Yeah, Brandon um, Roy. Brandon Roy went like to Europe and got like a different surgery. Came back to the Wolves, who had originally traded him, and lasted probably like what ten games. Yeah, exactly. So um, there will be. That will that would that'd be rough, uh, honestly. And and again, like injury is is just one of many reasons ne- not necessarily to buy into a running back. Um, but this this is concerning, obviously, if you're the Rams um, because of uh, the 45 million guaranteed that they gave him. So I asked him um, uh, if he th- if I if the arthritis could have been like activated by the cold and like that's the reason he played really poorly at the end of the year. Um, and he he just said, "Ha ha, no." <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but certainly something that he is de- going to be dealing with. And Will Blackman on Twitter has a good explanation for it. He played through it and talks about it a little bit. Um, so this is exactly w- another reason why you don't want to invest uh, heavily in a position that A, doesn't contribute that much to your winning, and B, um, can obviously just all of a sudden go from 100 to zero in terms of ability to produce in any fashion yeah. uh, given these types of injuries. But At some don't... point, he will need... A, a totally new knee. Yeah. You know what it opens up, though? It opens up the opportunity for Ezekiel Elliott to become a top 30 running back in our system. Beautiful. Uh, last, last thing here is something that I thought was an interesting debate. The Landon Collins thing brought it to bear. Linebackers versus safeties. And how many linebackers would you actually yeah. want to sign at at market value here? And we came up with... At first five, you've extended it, I think, to about ten. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't actually think those are just names that I thought were worthy of at least thinking about. Yeah. But. So the idea is you'd actually sign these guys at the market market rate out of your own free will. And so let's let's go through the list here. We have Bobby Wagner, yeah. Luke Keekley, 
Leighton Vander Esch, Roquan Smith, Deion Jones. To me, those are the no-brainers. Yes. Then you have Darius Leonard, who I think is close to a no-brainer, but coverage-wise... Graded well in coverage down the stretch last year, but again, okay. question mark for but sure. was torched by certain tight ends, one being... Uh, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Jordan Hicks, who has shown flashes and also been bad. Danny Trebathan and Darren Lee. Um, Jalen Smith, Fred Warner, Miles Jack, Telvin Smith, guys that are on the fringe there too. Yeah, the Jacksonville guys were really good. The, your Jacksonville was really good defensively, yep. and then uh, when they fell off, it wasn't quite as big of an impact. What we're kind of getting to, though, is the idea that actually your, your linebackers should primarily be big safeties. And the idea... At least in my mind, I'm curious if you have a different uh, way of looking at it. But to me, it's all about how well can they mitigate the best thing that the other uh, side of the ball does, which the most valuable thing is pass, right? So uh, when safeties played in coverage, were targeted in coverage, and I'm not talking about free safeties. I'm talking about when a safety is playing either in the slot or at the linebacker position, uh, 7.1 yards per attempt. That's pretty decent, but is almost a full yard lower than when linebackers are targeted in coverage. Yeah. It's about 7.8 yards per attempt. So um, it, it makes sense. And you're not going to give up 0.7 yards per attempt by playing that guy as a linebacker against the run. Right, exactly. So like, like if you think about it, what's the worst thing that can happen to you as a running? Because we've seen that. Like, you know, well, we'll get destroyed in the run game. Well, no one's giving up 7 yards per carry. Right. No one's giving up 8 yards per carry. So, you know, having a guy in there. And so... To sort of come back to the idea of the safety market, we've seen all these names, Eric Weddle, uh, you know, obviously the Landon Collins and the, you know, the, the guys that are being let go, Tyron Matthew. Like the, an enterprising team, the Patriots, for example, may... They knew they were coming up. <laughs> may sign... Like people are like, oh, this safety market's going to be deep, yeah. right? I actually don't think that that's true because a team like the, the Patriots might sign three of them. You know what I'm saying? Because if you're like, well, you know... The, the money downs the NFL are second and third down, and I have three safeties on the field all the time. Sure. And one, guy, one of those guys gets hurt. Now I needed my fourth safety, right? If you have a team like you have a Kenny Vaccaro on your team, and you have a, you know, like they've made a lot out of Patrick Chung, who's just kind of an okay talent, but when you put him in a tight end eraser role, he's great. Devin McCourty, former corner, brilliant in the deep, in the deep field. Like, I think that there's going to be a, a, an edge here because these guys are probably going to be coming in at lower rates because yep. you know there's so many of them that I think the biggest mistake a team's going to make this offseason is going to be like you know, Kansas City with Spagnuolo giving, giving Landon Collins the top market deal and being like, okay, we have Landon Collins and a big question mark at other safety. When in reality, you could say, well, I'm going to sign like the second tier here. I'm going to sign all three of those guys to mid- mid-level deals. And then you got that position and linebacker completely dealt with well the interesting thing is when you put if you put a safety out there and the opposing team treats him as like a coverage guy yeah. you're actually you're probably going to entice the opposition to run the ball a little yes. bit more the chiefs the chiefs did it with sutton they, their, their only problem was that they still couldn't cover yeah yeah so, so like it, they when they did pass the ball they were just getting torched the, the nice thing about having those extra safeties is that you can still cover um and play the but pass. you if you're a defense and you're bad you would rather the team go six yards at every single play on you than bust big plays in the passing game so it is like it is literally the bend but don't break and as you said when the offense sees the box count being such that it's it's advantageous for them to run Yep. Relative to other runs, not relative to passing. 
them running the ball on you is a positive play as long as you can make tackles. I would be doing everything that I talked about this last year. If I were, my defensive mantras would be this. We would practice against play action, playing the pass first. We would Everybody. spend half of our practice doing that. And the second thing I would be doing is spending a ton of time researching when I'm playing a team where they draw the line. So if they're going to audible into runs, where it is, and then teasing that line to make them check into runs but be prepared for like knowing that situation and having guys that are prepared for those those checks um and then i think you're in good shape you yeah. win the super bowl then uh should we move on to the raiders let's do it the raiders have three first round picks yep of course the reason what we're on them now is they hold the fourth pick they hold the fourth pick and let's just start with this they have so many first round picks because they traded khalil mack if you go back to that trade, would you, if you were the Raiders, do it again? Yes. There, there's okay. So there were tw- they're four and twelve last year. We had their under at plus one thirty eight and a half. It was a steal. It hit by midseason. Mm-hmm. One book had them with better division odds than Kansas City. It was an atrocious misprice of of the Oakland Raiders because of John Gruden, because Derek Carr is a, a functional quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. We look at that team. We said this team's going to be bad. Right, mm-hmm. and and if we know anything, it's that adding a player like Mac, as good as he can be, the best that he's going to be able to do for you is take you from four and twelve to six and ten. Yep. And John Gruden, and you you put me on this side of this argument. John Gruden is smart enough to know that six and ten in your first year as a coach, in your second to last year in Oakland, who gives a flying rip about that? Yep. Might as well go four and twelve. Might as well put yourself in this position where. Like they have the most flexibility in the draft aside from Arizona at one, and and it's because of you know the stewardship and frankly getting a number one for Amari Cooper, like Cooper played well for Dallas. Oh. I, he disappeared at times down the stretch. It was great, but like that that was a fleecing of Dallas. I, I don't care what the results are. The oh no, the the results are still bad. You know why? Because people never consider the other side of yeah, that. Yeah. So everyone in Dallas is super pumped because Amari. Help them eke into the playoffs. You know what the result of that is? Jason Garrett staying, Dak getting an extension, them signing Amari to this huge deal, them re-signing yeah. all these players. They're going to be mediocre for now a very long time. Strapped with it. If they don't trade for him, there's a chance they you know end up yeah, being bad. Seven and nine. They cut. T- they're like, okay, well, out on Dak. Maybe they go all in on the Kyler Lincoln Riley train. Who knows? I, it's funny to me that people just assume that the results favor yeah. the, the Cowboys there. So the Raiders have all this flexibility. I think they actually probably have more flexibility than the Cardinals because of these extra draft picks. The interesting thing about the Mac trade is, um, and Stopsky alerted me to this earlier, was, look, they made that trade in large part because of the cash implications. So was it a smart move? Yes. Oftentimes in the NFL, we anoint people as being brilliant. I sort of did this in jest about John Gruden, right? I do think it was a great move. But, like, you can get lucky and make these good decisions, and people will quickly crown yeah, yeah. you as being brilliant. Here's another thing that I think we didn't appreciate in the time because we're so, like, right now looking at, at teams. But, like, we always made fun of the, the Raiders for their roster last year. But the, look at the list of their pending free agents, okay? Rashawn Melvin. Okay, that's a good player. You w- might want him back. Jared Cook, same. But then this list of guys that were literally filling out the roster last year that now attribute to their $73 million in cap space. Marshawn Lynch, Marcus Gilchrist, Jonathan Hankins, Martavis Bryant, Brandon LaFell, Clinton McDonald, Reggie Nelson, Doug Martin, Leon Hall. Like, Gruden 
gave the appearance of a functional team last year by by signing these guys times. and having them like I mean they were they got blown out a few times but they were they beat they beat Pittsburgh yeah. they 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 beat the Browns they you know all this kind of stuff Chaz Green Daryl Worley Mike Nugent Dwayne Harris mm-hmm. now it's like okay if you if you approach every season like this sign veterans to fill out the roster and then let them go after one of your deals you are essentially going to have this opportunity that when you carry four, 24, 27, and then whatever, 36 or whatever they have in the sec- second round, right. you can start over, right? Because you're not tied to Doug Martin. You're not tied to Leon Hall, right? So like when the Raiders do feel like they're going to be a contender, well, they, they have the opportunity to, to go all in because they're not tied to anything specifically. Well, the good thing is that they have first-round picks that hopefully end up better than last year's first-round pick. Yeah. Colton Miller, who we were not super high on, last year because he didn't play that well in college which is usually a, a sign can't believe your notes here jeez he allowed 16 sacks which is the most ever allowed by a rookie tackle since the pff started tracking this in 2006 uh bobby massey's three sacks behind colton miller in second place um he allowed a pressure rate of 11 percent, which puts him as the ninth worst rookie season ever um, and he allowed, let's see how many total pressures here, uh, 65, which is the third most ever for a rookie tackle. So uh, that's not great. Um, the other worrisome part about that whole thing is that Derek Carr is known for getting the ball out quick. Uh, yeah, so if you're, if you're not only getting beat in the PFF system, but you're literally giving up pressure when Carr, what is Carr, like fourth in, fourth in fourth quickest, quickest time to throw? Yeah. Just by, yeah. So Breeze, Rivers, Roethlisberger, the other three guys getting a lot out of their passing games. Carr, not so much. Nope. The, the, that's an issue. You know, obviously we've seen guys develop, but it, it's tough to come back from something that poor. Um, so then the question then becomes, so I, I praise Gruden for having, you know, for jettisoning these players that aren't going to be valuable. When I looked at like, okay, players they can build with, it was, it was, it was increasingly difficult. Like I, I think Rodney Hudson's a pretty good center, but he's sure. older. He's right? a center. Gary and Conley's a corner that has shown some promise. Right. He actually graded decently in pass yeah. uh, coverage. Carl Joseph was their second most valuable player this year in terms yep. of war, but he's it sounded good. like they were actually shopping him right. in this offseason. Jalen Richard's a running back, so who cares? Uh, Jordy Nelson's old. Eric Harris, you know. So Jared Cook's a free agent. So, like, on one end, they they're smart because they get the ability to build the team in their own image. Yep. On the other hand, they're not starting for much. Right. They, they kind of, yeah. You also put Arden key down there who did not play super well, but I guess I mean, he's a high well. draft pick. So it's like, you're still kind of right. Um, I mean, if, if we judge players solely on how they graded as a rookie, you know, jerk off. Yeah. So we have to right, be a little right, bit right. careful. Absolutely. Here's the thing. They, what appears to have had, a meaningless ish draft last year. Yes. They cannot really afford to have a meaningless draft this season. They've got these three picks in the first round. So I want to ask you this. Let's start here. The quarterback will be in play at four, assuming Haskins is still there. You've got Derek Carr. Derek Carr tied for the lowest average depth of target in the league last season with Matt Stafford at 7.1. He was by far. The most conservative, 6.3 average depth of target when kept clean, lowest by a mile. He took sacks when under pressure at the third highest rate in the league, 27%. 
um, but also dealt with an offense that wasn't great. Yeah. They used play action 8% less than the league average, despite him actually producing on play action. They were positive EPA per play with play action, negative without it. Um, and, you know, their O-line wasn't great, but, uh, you know, slightly below league average in terms of quick pressure. So there are a couple of, you know, sides to the coin here. Did not have a great supporting cast, but also has not been exactly lighting the world on fire. Are you sticking with Derek Carr or are you taking Dwayne Haskins? Uh, can I pick C? Uh, yes. I would trade up and get Kyler Murray. Because okay. here's the deal. Carr is extremely accurate. He's second in our accuracy rating, as you said, second least fewest. You know, well, second he's accurate because he throws the ball five yards down. Right, but he, but so, but then the question is, is like the tiger can't change his stripes at this point in terms of going downfield, in terms of being yep. aggressive, in terms of all the decision making, all those types of things. So I don't think Derek Carr is long for this position. He's an he's an average quarterback. I think that could potentially, you know, if you have a perfect system, be what a top. Between ten and yes. fifteen, he's also a quarterback capable of being four and twelve when situations sure. are poor. So, is Haskins that much? Is Haskins is Haskins like Carr, Stafford, Bradford, all those types of players? That's kind of where I sit, and so then I I don't use the fourth overall pick on him. Mm-hmm. I either trade back and use the tenth overall pick on him, or I trade up and get Murray because I'm bullish on Murray possibly being that like sort of like five win player whereas Carr is more of a two and a half three win player that's where I'm sitting and so you know the Browns the Browns got away with it for a couple you know this is a year where I think you trade back and accumulate not only 2018 picks but 2019 picks or sorry 2019 2020 2021 this to me is not the year that you sort of like go all in I think Vegas is the year that you possibly go all go in. in the quarterback i agree with you so I, I don't think they'll be able to get um murray i think i think the i think if you offer a lot for murray the cardinals something they go wait we can't give yeah, yeah, up yeah. this opportunity especially given that they're like, going to move to vegas and he's going to be you know three hours away three hours away just killing it so i i'm not sure they can do that but here's a, a i i dwayne haskins josh rosen to me in the same they they're Adjusted accuracy, ball location accuracy, uh, matched up basically in the same cluster. They're very similar uh, in terms of where they they project um, into an NFL situation. So why would you not try to get Rosen for maybe maybe you can get him for a second rounder? Who knows? Yeah. Instead of spending this high pick on a guy that's still going to need a good situation, because as we saw with Goff, as we'll see with these quarterbacks that aren't potentially tier one guys it or very low chance of being a tier one guy you need a good situation so you actually say okay let me use these picks to get me the best situation possible i'll bring rosen into the fold who's actually a quarterback that i'm not going to pay a crap ton of money to be mediocre but could potentially elevate himself in this situation you still if he doesn't show up you still have a super high pick the next year you have some other quarterbacks you maybe take a shot with uh, a quarterback in the later rounds like i don't know you know brett rippon or whatever you like him well um, rear I think that would be so. I would try to go with Murray. I like your your thought there. I would also try to look at Rosen. And if both of th- those things fall fall through, I don't think quarterback is the right play. I think you just try and trade back and accumulate players. Here's the thing: Browns in 2017 used their fourth pick on Kaiser. Yeah. The fourth pick for the Raiders would be 35. Arizona is going to be like you know that's mo- that's basically a first round pick. But to Arizona, they can also sort of like. You know, it's it's not. I think the thirty fifth pick would not be something that they would sort of like scoff at, right? right? So, 
And then I think Rosen's a far better prospect than Kaiser. So in this situation, it's not only that you're giving up a second round pick, you're giving up, as Steve would always say, your fourth pick. Right. And so I don't, I don't find that as an issue. Honestly, Carr was picked with that same, in that same region. Yep. You're, you're exchanging a known average for a unknown average with a big variance. Yep. I, I think that's a pretty good move, and 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 frankly, I don't know. It, it's probably the best alternative to to Murray. Shouldn't you not get him? Yeah, I, I think I think their best case scenario from many Raiders fans' perspective is that Bosa falls to them because their belief is that their pass rush being bad is the reason they, they had sucked. Like Thirteen sacks last right. year. I have news for you. They <laughs> sucked with a pass rush. I mean, you have Emmanuel Lemur starting at linebacker for multiple games. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, yes, if you really care about getting two more wins, then Nick Bosa is your guy. No, maybe, because he has to pan out, too. Sure, sure. He would have to be, uh, you know, obviously a great player to get to that level. But I, I do think that would be, given all the other teams that could potentially take Bosa in the top four, um, the Raiders would be the least disastrous because they have two other picks. But... If I'm the, I've said this many times. If I'm picking in the top five, really the top ten, and I'm not taking a quarterback, I am trading down. It is just the variance and the value at the quarterback position is so much higher than the others, and it's it's a lottery. You have no idea what you're doing. What if so, we ended on this idea? Okay, so what 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 win total is Vegas going to have to put on the board for you not to go under the Raiders in 2019? It depends if they get Murray. Assume Mur- assume, assume no, no Murray. Murray. Because I don't think it actually changes with respect to any other decision at the yeah. QB position. Yeah. So what number would they have to put for me to go over? Yeah. They're not going to... Yes. <laughs> four? Nah. Four and a half? Okay. Because four and a half, they barely ever put a four and a half on I the know. board. So so you're basically under or, or, or no bet for the Raiders this year. It's so... It's tough. Because I, I, would, I would guess... They are going to run it back with Derek Carr. Um, yeah. No matter who, I think no matter who they draft, because of the way that Carr's contracts are structured out, like I think yeah. they literally just they, even so, if they draft so the guy. What do you think it will be? I think it'll probably be what five, five and a half. I think it'll be five and a half, and I think it'll be juiced to the under. Yeah. I think it'll be like plus something. But then here, here's what the, are you going to do there? If if I get plus money for guess? under five and a half, I'm taking it because Kansas City, Los Angeles Chargers, Denver with Flacco is going to be eight and eight, and they're going to beat up on the Raiders. Like, because here's the thing: get out of here. Vic, Fang, Vic Fangio is going to be the type of coach who will go eight and eight, but will beat the crap out of the Raiders eight out of eight times during his four years with Denver. That you know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, you're already, in my opinion, you're one and five in that division at best. Sure. I'm with you there. Uh, can I can I say one more thing about the draft? Yeah, my my secret hilarious situation is that they stay at four. They take Metcalf. <laughs> uh, Colton Miller gives up a thousand pressures next year, and they are only able to target Metcalf like twenty times. Just straight goes if every you, time. If you want uh, to enjoy yourself, go get a PFF Elite subscription. Check out the quarterback annual. Go to Derek Carr's page and look at his top targets from last year. It's so magical. It's pretty funny. I would ex- I would. <laughs> I, I would think that if you are the Raiders, you are looking to accumulate receiving targets later on in the draft in mass and hope that some of them work out. There's some I mean, tight ends out there that uh, would certainly be more valuable to your team than Matt Him Catholic throwing four. an average depth, average time to throw to Amari Cooper at 219 and then an average time to throw 223 on Nelson is everything. 
Yeah, he and Cooper didn't work out so well. But look, if you can target Jared Cook 96 I think, times, you got to do it. Dude, Jared Cook, when he gets going with the football, I mean... No stopping him. No, no stopping him. Jared Cook is going to make, I think, a, a high-powered offense pretty happy. No stopping year. him. Um, all right. Uh, you know what we should try and do? We should try and get uh, our buddy Lou on the podcast next week. I think that would be fun. Should I send him a text? We should send you. The great thing about me saying that is that if it doesn't happen, no one will remember. But if he shows up on the podcast next week, I'm like, yeah, I just. Oh, so you're talking about a, it's like drafting Kyler Murray. There it is. Uh, of course, check out profilefocus.com. There's a new mock draft up there. You can yell at Steve and Mike about it. Draft Any, guide out today. Anything you like about uh, their mock draft that's our doing. Uh, and the draft guide is out. You definitely want to get it. There's no better way to prepare for your team's eventual demise and to see all the players that you don't want them to draft. See you guys later. Peace out. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get Uniquely Yours Ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details.